89.75, your final. Hello, folks. Thanks for watching and or listening using whatever senses uh, might be appropriate. Uh, this is the uh, AZ Wildcats postgame show brought to you by the DraftKings Sports app. It's America's number one sportsbook app. Uh, John Schuster, Brad Alice, Rob Lance all joining us for the postgame show. You'll notice that uh, Mike Luke is not here. I'm sure he's on some very special assignment and is uh, looking forward to uh, returning uh, in Arizona's next matchup, but he missed a good one tonight. Before we get to that, uh, keep in mind dra um, show notes. Show notes. Uh, download the DraftKings Sports app now. Use promo code PHNX and make your first deposit of $5. $5. This is for new customers. Uh, and get $200 in free bets instantly. Uh, another special going on for every leg you add. You can boost your winnings up to 100%. If there's a gambling problem that you have, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's the uh, DraftKings Sports app. Let's start with Brad Alice. Uh, Wildcats, an 89-75 victor tonight. And Brad, we're only starting with you because your birthday is uh, sooner than Rob's and you're ahead of him alphabetically. Uh, but uh, uh, I'm way older. Well, you know, one of us knows way older. You're only a little bit older. Certainly, neither of us are more mature than Rob. Uh, and and an example of this is that uh, Rob has uh, brought out the cable news uh, bookshelf uh, to showcase just how well read he is. Uh, now, that's a very, very important thing to have. Uh, in studious performances like what we're bringing to the equation tonight. Uh, nevertheless, Brad, 89-75, Wildcats jump out to a big start, and then things get a little harrowing, but they uh, do enough uh, to win, kind of keeping at arm's length and uh, getting a very impressive W against a tough basketball team. Yeah, you know, obviously there's some concerns when you can't just uh, coast to the win, but I uh, liked how they were able to answer, like, I think the thing that gets me and I think the thing that surprises people and you can kind of tell uh, Gus Johnson uh, and Raph were having some trouble is Arizona plays an inside out game. They have two dominant big men, but they score and they score rapidly. And I think that is something teams, especially, you know, some of these teams who, who aren't accustomed to that kind of play uh, have trouble dealing with how many times did either Ballow or two Bellas just beat their guys down because so often when you run those, you know, offenses, you're like Purdue with their seven foot nine guy or whatever that kid is who wait for him to come down. Well, if you're waiting for two Bellas to come down, odds are he's behind you already. Um, I like the way Arizona was able to answer, you know, but again, and I know I was following Rob on, on Twitter uh, and he mentioned it too, that, you know, Arizona just can't put these teams away in the first half. And that's a, a concern uh, because when you have a, what appears to be a run of death and you let the guy out off the mat, um, it's, it's a little bit of a concern. Okay, Rob, is Arizona, is, is this a product, and this will be something that I think gets talked about a fair amount of time. Arizona's got a 19-point lead in this game. At one point, Indiana cuts it to three. Um, and again, Arizona is good enough to, to get the buckets necessary to get the W. But obviously, if you're up 19, you ought to feel pretty good about the way things are going. Is this an Arizona inconsistency thing, or are they not talented to put teams away? I think it's talented twofold, enough. But, but but first of all, I want to say awesome throwback uniforms for Arizona night. Awesome throwback post game show for us tonight. <laughs> with I love that I'm joining the two of you guys and have the opportunity to do this again. It's been a long time coming. Uh, but 
I don't I think that it might actually be a style of play thing, Shu, a little bit with Arizona. Um, I think they might be talented enough, maybe not so on the defensive end, but I think just because Arizona is so so based off of runs on their own side of things on the offensive side of the ball, sometimes and we love that they play fast, sometimes they they speed up a little bit too much. Uh, in my opinion, uh, they're a little bit too fast. They might get a little bit careless, take some early shots when, you know, you should go inside and get follow or Tabella some some easier looks. And when you do play that quickly and when things, you know, when you don't get those good looks, that can turn into some easier buckets going the other way for your opponent. I think we saw that on a couple different occasions tonight, specifically in the second half. Uh, I think Arizona had three empty trips. Balo had been a monster in the second half on a couple different of occasions. He didn't touch the ball on any of those three occasions. And I think that at that point, Indiana cut the lead to three. Luckily for Arizona, though, talent-wise, they're good enough offensively to then weather those storms and then put on their own run uh, when they do settle down uh, going back on the offensive end. Yeah, there were a couple uh, things that uh, seemed interesting from an ebb and flow standpoint. It looked like to a large degree, Indiana... Uh, was better when things were stabilized in the half court. When Indiana turned the ball over, Arizona's transition game was absolutely lethal. And um, in the first half, Indiana obviously struggled with uh, turnovers, and Arizona did a very good job making them pay. Uh, and but, but then there were times, Brad, where it looked to me like Arizona was also defensively, and, and Rob alluded to this uh, as well, a little bit flat-footed on that end of the floor. And that seems to be one of those things where, you know, you can almost see it, but you can't quite put your finger on why it is or what's going on. But that ebb and flow element seems to work against Arizona at times. Uh, and so certainly more times than not to, to make Wildcat fans comfortable. Uh, and, and it allows teams to get back into the game. Maybe this is a learning lesson uh, hopefully that's the case from a Wildcat perspective, but uh, it was interesting to see a lot of momentum shifts in this matchup. You know, yeah, and I also kind of wonder if that initial run, and what was it, 17 nothing or something to that effect, and right. I had to listen, I was actually listening to Brian Jeffries paint those uh, amazing word pictures that he does. So I didn't oh, the one, the it. Brian Jeffries that does the ASU promos for the rivalry game, that Brian Jeffries? Sure, sure, that Brian yeah. Jeffries. <laughs> um, so I don't know, but it almost seemed like in a weird way that run was a little artificial as Indiana just couldn't hit a shot or hang on to the basketball. And I know some of those were forced errors, obviously, and some of those missed shots were good defense. But I wonder how many times, you know, you're, you're going to get a run like that. Now, Arizona was able to consistently put together 6-0 runs, 8-0 runs to answer Indiana's runs. Um, but I'm not sure we saw the real Indiana or necessarily the real Arizona on that initial run. Uh, but thank goodness Arizona got it uh, because it was really kind of the difference in the ballgame that kept it from being uh, maybe a nail biter down the end. I, I think Arizona's the better team, but I, I'm not sure they're a get up. 19 in the first half better than indiana rob the teacher right there did a very nice job raising his hand yeah i want your opinion though shu what do you think is the uh we've seen this in a number of games we saw it even against cal we saw it a couple times in hawaii creighton fought back too uh from a big lead what what do you consider to be the the issue for arizona because this isn't a one-off against indiana tonight this has been no i think it's you know a couple of different times this season this has happened I think you're probably looking at three things, and if you want to break them down from a percentage standpoint, I'd say 20% of this is the nature of basketball in general anymore with the three-point shot. Uh, less 
per less uh, possessions allow you uh, allow teams to make runs. It's also easy to miss three point shots if you fall in love with that sort of thing. And uh, teams can string a couple together and things go their way. I think that's about 20 percent. The other 20 percent is that uh, Arizona, you know, has has a lot of possessions and a little bit of uh, inconsistency. I think they they kind of fall in love with what it is they're doing. There's a flat-footed element that uh, concerns me a little bit. And you can almost get a feeling there's a jump in Arizona step when things are going well and when they have to grind it out a little bit, uh, then it seems like it takes three or four possessions for them to get somehow comfortable and back in a routine in those three or four or more possessions. Uh I think it's one of those things where teams have an opportunity to get back into it and garner a little bit of momentum of their own. The other 60%, and I think this is fixable, is there is an element of Arizona just needing to learn, and hopefully this is the type of game where you can do that, that 15-point leads don't matter. And if you can push 15 to 25, that helps a lot. So you might as well continue to try to do what you're doing to the best of your success and start resting on whatever your loyals and, uh, laurels and perhaps overconfidence uh, ultimately are. So there's a variety of factors that I think go into this from a Wildcat fan point perspective. I think it's going to be frustrating uh, every now and again, but hopefully it's something that Arizona can learn from and and uh, can be coached. I guess to a large degree, Rob, Brad, you're also looking at a team that defensively isn't great on every possession and at some places on the floor can be beat by good talent. Brad touched on something, um, you know, where you're in a position where, you know, you get a lot of things uh, working your way and then they just kind of uh, level off a little bit and defensively they just have to be a little bit more solid. But in the end, you know, in a in in what oddly was a hostile environment, the environment in that game was great. But it sounded like, based on the uh, television broadcast that we saw, uh, that uh, that Indiana fans uh, showed up in droves, which is fantastic. In Vegas, we're accustomed to Arizona fans to be there, and they were uh, very well represented as well. But uh, you know, it's a lot of things that uh, we get to digest and uh, keep providing us uh, with some comments too. Uh, we'll get to a number of those as well. want to take a brief break here to let you know about a couple things. Uh, Tap and Bottle is the location in Tucson uh, for the Arizona Road Watch Parties. Uh, stay tuned for upcoming away basketball watch party information. Uh, Mike Luke and, 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 and a lot of the folks who are listening to this broadcast uh, uh, are great about going out to a Tap and Bottle. It's the uh, 6th Avenue location. Uh, by uh, 7th Street, also across from Miller Surplus and whatever the monstrosity is in the future aviation highway. All of it right there is at that tap and bottle, and uh, watching a lot of Arizona basketball road games is going to occur there, and that's going to be a fun atmosphere. And in addition to imbibing on some fine libations, uh, you can also partake in some Mountain Mike's Pizza. Mountain Mike's is available at Tap and Bottle, Bottle during the watch party. There are also, there's also a location in Tucson at uh, Wetmore and Oracle, uh, lunch buffet available, and uh, they have football specials on Sundays and Thursday nights. Also, uh, things uh, to keep in mind on that front. Uh, uh, again, a number of things to break down. Arizona's inside game, and Brad, let's uh, 
let's dissect that a little bit. One of the things that uh, you talked about, and I think it's very important to try to help Arizona quell some of this momentum, is one of the advantages they have is Tabellus and Ballo. And if they can feed those guys, it's going to be diff- uh, consistently. That's something that can stop runs when things have a tendency uh, to get out of hand. And tonight they were both very good again. Yeah, and, and I think the advantage there is you also don't have to – there's not just one way they attack. You know, you can feed uh, Tabellus at the top of the key, can put the ball on the floor. They can get out on the break. Uh, I thought Indiana abandoned the – uh, help defense on Balo a little too early on a few possessions because he just waited them out. When the second guy left, he he turned his you know shoulder in towards the basket. But you know having those two guys who again can score in a variety of ways, whether it's the dunks, the putbacks, the 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 runners, is a huge advantage. And you know Vesar had a couple good buckets today. Um, eventually, that outside shot's going to start dropping for him, and he's going to be you know, a valuable third big. I mean, again, I think Mike and I have talked about this. I think Shu and I have talked about this on the show. He starts at how many schools in the Pac-12? You know, Dylan Anderson, who doesn't even sniff the floor tonight, starts it or at least plays significant minutes at half the Pac-12. That's just the depth Arizona has on the front line. I think the real challenge is, and I thought other than those possessions, those empty possessions, and and Rob mentioned, Arizona does a good job getting those guys' touches. you know, this isn't something where they go five, six minutes without the bigs touching the basketball. Um, there might be three or four possessions, but they're never going too long without making sure those guys get their touches. But, Brad, you know, the thing that they sometimes do, I think, is on the perimeter, they get flat footed. And and then it's almost like they watch what's going to happen with Ballo and Tabellas on the inside. And when that happens, sometimes it feels like the offense in the half court isn't as functional as you'd like it to be. Yeah, and I think that is a concern. And I mean, I think you see a lot of, of, of teams do that. So I think it's something that's fixable. But I also think, you know, sometimes you see that on, on the defensive end too, where they just assume those shots are going to get blocked and they kind of get blown by. And sometimes they block them or sometimes they force the miss. But other times guys get some good looks. So I think that is a definite concern for this team. Um, the good news is when it's all clicking, it can click and, and kill you in so many ways. And, you know, tonight was interesting. I'm not sure. Did Henderson play more than two minutes in the second half? I don't remember seeing him. Why? Adama Ball stepped up. Um, and Vesar, uh, Visar stepped up. So you didn't need to slide him over uh, to the four. So tonight they got other guys to step up. Pella Larson finally came out of whatever hibernation he was in. Um, so that's kind of the beauty of this team. And that's what, again, I think we can all admit that reminds us of a loot team. I mean, how many times did, you know, if one of the the top five didn't have it, someone else did. Um, you know, when you let the guys play free and loose like that, new guys can step up and that's kind of a joy to watch after the previous 11, 12 years. (laughs) Uh, you know, Brad touched on two names, Visar and ball who Rob, I think, both played their probably their best games of the year. And I think it's one of their best games in Arizona uniforms for sure, Shu. And yeah, I, that was something when you first brought up the question is like, not only is it Arizona's big men that are playing well, the two starters, obviously to Bellis and, and Ballo, but Visar's already growing into his own. And he played with a toughness I didn't think I was actually going to see from him tonight. I thought it was going to be a tough matchup for him just based on some of the things that we saw uh, early on um, in his Arizona career early on this season. But he showed some toughness early on when he came in, blocked a shot, grabbed some tough rebounds, was throwing his elbows around. So if Arizona has those three bigs that are going to continue to at least, you know, contribute off the bench with, with Visar, all the better. 
Uh, Adama Ball, Brad, I could not agree with you more. You had tweeted something. He's so close to putting it all together. He's the guy when, after the Cal game, uh, Mike and I were talking about it, that he's a guy that when he comes in, I don't feel like he's ever going to do anything that's going to hurt Arizona. He's solid enough that he's not going to take anything off the table when he's there. I wasn't sure how much he brought to the table necessarily, but if you can get him to step up and he's going to play solid defense, he's athletic, he's long. He uh, he's really able to stay in front of his man. But, you know, if he's going to be able to knock down a couple shots here and there, all the better. Um, but other guys that stepped up tonight, though, too, Pella Larson stepped up when, especially in the first half, when somebody like Courtney Ramey, he was off, only had three points, I think, in the first half. Larson finally had his coming out party tonight. So I think out of those three guys, Arizona got three of the best efforts that we've seen from three of their players so far this season in Larson, uh, Visar and Ball. Yeah. And uh, if you get that kind of uh, depth, it uh, obviously uh, helps when somebody has an off night. And I guess we'd also be remiss. And again, right, rightfully so, Visar, probably best game of the year, Rob alluded, probably best game in Arizona. Uniform ball the same. Carissa was good tonight, too. And uh, that was uh, that's that's a consistency that has been very good. And one of the things, Rob, between the two of he and Tabellus have a very nice connection uh, that gives, uh, I, I think, gives Arizona an opportunity to continue to be effective on the offensive end. Even though they went into some lulls, the U of A scored about its average tonight. So in the end, it was a good offensive performance, but they shot well over 50%. Yeah, absolutely. Shot to, you know, right around 50%, 49% on the, uh, what I love though is the 40% from behind the arc that they shot tonight. Uh, we can look at those numbers a little bit better, but back to Tabellis and, and Carissa, the two of them play so well off of each other. And all I think about every time I see Tabellas play now is what a pain in the ass that guy must be to play against. <laughs> uh, he he plays angles so well. His hands are so good. His footwork is amazing. He's never in a rush when he gets the ball in the low block. When he hustles down the floor, he always gets right to his spot. He seals his guy off with his big butt all the time and gives, you know, Carissa or whoever has the ball in the high post a chance to throw in a great entry pass. But holy cow, that guy just, he never stops. And as a big man, you don't necessarily see one big guy run the floor as well as Arizona has. Arizona, all of their big men run the floor better than almost anybody in the country. And I mean, some of those passes got away from Arizona tonight, but my goodness, Tabellas just beats his guy down the floor, wins to his spot every single time. Creasa does a great job of finding him the, like on those spots too. And just, I would just, if, if I were another big man, you don't see that sort of game all that much anymore uh, on the low block. And he's just, just such a pain in the ass to prepare for, I would imagine. What do you, uh, let's let's answer Nick Howard's question down there. Do you think uh, Tabellis has a, a spot in the NBA, perhaps? Oh, man, I don't know if he's athletic enough to play in the NBA. I don't know if he shoots the ball well enough to play in the NBA from the outside. Those things can develop, at least the outside shot. Um, but, I mean, it's not that bad if he wants to go over and have a 15-year career overseas. He's going to make a heck of a ton of money over there, uh, too. I would love to see him get a chance in the NBA, obviously, but I just don't know athletically uh, how good he's going to be able to play there. Yeah, he's going to have to develop a jumper uh, if he's going to play in the NBA. I will say this, Rob, you mentioned the angles. He has an economy of movement that he doesn't, you know, he doesn't really waste a lot of steps. He doesn't go out to go in. I mean, he knows – it's almost like he it's almost like a running back finding the hole. He kind of feels it out and goes right to the hole. Whereas, you know, Bala will back his guy down, we'll hold it, we'll pump fake. Zeus just got, yeah, that economy of motion. I think some of that's being the lefty too. I think a lot of guys are surprised when he puts up those, you know, that left-handed scoop shot that's almost coming the opposite of everything 
uh, you normally see. But I, I will say this, interesting enough, the guy I think has a place in the NBA, even though the game has changed, is Bala. Um, I think he's is athletic enough for a guy his size. He rebounds well enough. He won't be a starter, and obviously he's 10 years too old, uh, or else he's Okafor from Duke, who is, uh, what, the third pick overall. But Bala's going to be probably in the league for a while because of things he can do. All right. Uh, we'll get to some of your other comments as well and break down more aspects of Arizona's 89-75 victory over Indiana. First, want to let you know about Octane Raceway and Mavericks. Octane is the only full-time indoor-outdoor track in the United States. Meanwhile, Mavericks, 22 bowling lanes, 85 arcade games, state-of-the-art laser tag arena, billiards tables, dozens of 4K TVs, 1,500 square feet of meeting and event space, 5,000-square-foot restaurant and bar featuring a chef-curated menu, craft beers, custom cocktails, uh, pretty much daily specials as well. So uh, uh, they've been really good to the PHNX uh, group. So uh, give them some love as well, Octane Raceway and Maverick. And, of course, remember the uh, DraftKings Sportsbook app uh, for uh, some great specials for newcomers as well. For the newcomers out there, and I know a lot of you watching and listening to this broadcast have the DraftKings Sports app and, and are enjoying it, and uh, hopefully you're partaking in some of those uh, King of Parlay uh, specials. We all know you're the King of Parlays out there, and you have an opportunity to uh, boost those up to 100%, depending on how many legs you want to get up to. For new customers, however, who download the DraftKings Sports app, use the promo code PHNX. Make your first deposit of five bucks, five bucks, and get $200 in free bets instantly. Remember, if you have a gambling problem, 1 800 uh, next step. Uh, anything, uh, you know, uh, oh, 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 major situation in the game. Uh, it, it got testy. Indiana was uh, getting things close. Arizona was able to arm link them pretty much throughout. Was that goaltending miss? <laughs> mm. <laughs> One of the worst calls we're going to see all year long. And then on the other end, while Arizona didn't score immediately, there were a couple fouls that were called in that possession, and the Cats were able to push it up. I think that was a sequence as a chance to move it to five, and then Arizona turns it into another nine-point lead. And, of course, that adds possessions uh, here and there a little bit. If you're an Indiana fan, and you're probably not an Indiana fan, if you're watching uh, – uh, this post game show. If you are welcome, thanks for uh, stopping by. But uh, I think you would be uh, rather annoyed by that uh, that glaring miss. Wow! And I can understand why Woodson was as irked as he was. I thought originally, though, and I want your feed on this too, Brad. Is I thought live, at least from the angle that we had from the broadcast, I thought it was a pass, and I think the officials thought it was a pass too. Now that doesn't change if it's you know necessarily close to the cylinder and heading down, but. I could understand the mistake looking at those replays totally got it wrong. And it was a huge changing point in the game. I don't know if you guys have been watching the world cup, but maybe we should have gone to VAR for that. And, uh, you know, checked it <laughs> and out. And then Harry Kane that. could have but, missed yeah. the free throw. <laughs> well, then Harry. Yeah. I mean, England's going to England, Brad, that's just what's going to happen. And, you know, I, I, maybe they're just getting ready for the PAC 12 uh, officials. Cause that was a totally blown call, uh, massive point in the game, but Hey, 
you know, Arizona was there to take advantage of it. Sometimes those calls go your way. Sometimes you're not able to take advantage of it. Arizona was. So uh, kudos to them for being able to take advantage of what looked initially like a pass, but maybe was closer to the cylinder than I had originally imagined. I thought it was short initially uh, live. And then when they showed the replay, it was going to, I mean, it would have at least hit front iron. Um, I thought, I thought it was coming. Yeah. So whether it was a pass or live, it didn't look as bad as it did on, and on the replay. Yeah. It was a missed call. Okay. Uh, that was an interesting question that uh, Nick Howard had up there. Uh, said something to the effect of why are we complaining? It went our ways. I don't know necessarily if um, he's, referencing the specific call on the potential goaltend or if he's talking about Arizona overall. Let's address this potentially from an Arizona overall standpoint. Cats win a game against a highly ranked team by 14 points. Why are we complaining? Complaining is a harsh word. Why are we concerned? Because Arizona had a 19-point lead in this game and had an opportunity to keep this at double figures throughout and didn't do it. Indiana is a feisty basketball team that is going to be a tough out in the NCAA tournament, but they're not the best team in the country. And there are a lot of tough teams out there. There are a lot of athletic teams out there. And there are a lot of games, uh, especially in the tournament, that Arizona's going to face where situations like that, they have to be effective and be in a position where they can play closer to 40 minutes and not get into these flat-footed situations. And if they do that, if they're like, let's use Houston, Alabama today. Houston was up 15 against Alabama. So I understand that this happens in basketball in general and certainly in college basketball. Um, But if you come across a team like Alabama or Arkansas or Houston get up 15, you know they're gonna, you know they're gonna grind, they're gonna pound, they're gonna fight, and you're gonna have to have an answer. And it's that kind of toughness that Arizona, I think, needs to develop. The potential here is that the U of A has a good learning opportunity that 19 ain't safe, but you can't keep giving up 19 point leads and making it a lot closer than you want that, to. That's Go the thing, Shu. That yeah, that's the thing, and it's been that it's happened on a number of occasions this year. If it was a one off tonight, sure, you know you're all out, you know, you're like the blackjack dealer in Vegas where they are. We're out of here. We're okay. But, you know, with, uh, with it happening a couple of times against quality teams, it might end up being an issue. And, you know, luckily for Arizona, they've been able to overcome those uh, on a number of different occasions. You always want to be able to learn from a victory instead of learn from a loss. And Arizona has been able to do that. So hopefully they can write this uh, moving forward. But like you said earlier, it just could be, it's part of the game, the way that it's played now with how prevalent the three point shot is not only in the NBA, but also now in college too, you can have these big swings back and forth. And you know, normally good teams are going to do that. Um, whether they're able to come all the way back, which Indiana almost did or not. Uh, I think that is a huge thing to know. I mean, bad teams do it. Cal did it. I mean, Cal never was in striking distance to win that game, but that should have been a 35-point blowout for Arizona, and it was, what, 14? Um, I will say this also, as this is our our throwback show with the throwback uniforms, (laughs) you got to remember, when we win, when Arizona wins, we pick out the bad things. And when they lose, especially during the early parts of the Mike Stoops era, I look for the good stuff and got called a homer. So that's just how the show's always been. So why should we not go back to the the bread and butter of what built uh, this threesome into the powerhouse that we were? <laughs> <laughs> to give you an example of um, the age factor, looking at those uniforms tonight and say, like, wait, those are throwbacks? 
Those are pretty good. No, I you want the those, funny I thing? remember those from yesterday. I this like is, those Junies. This Look is Rob. serious. Rob's pointing. <laughs> this is serious. Everyone's talking about how they had them as kids. Remember when you were playing, pretending you were Salim? The, the, the blue shorts were my senior year in college intramural uniform. So while everyone else is talking about playing in the front yard as a kid, I was like 23 wearing those uh, playing at Bear Down Gym uh, on the Saturday intramural league. I was a tad annoyed that the, 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 the shorts have gotten shorter. They should have gone uh, back to uh, uh, the style that was much more prevalent in 97 and really uh, lived this. Uh, Rob, Rob disagrees. No. Rob likes the short those shorts. Are, Rob likes are, the middle range like short shorts. You don't like, like the, the all the way down shorts. to the shin. So, so this is a good fashion statement to you? I thought it was a good uh, a good balance between the two. Uh, what it was, just I, I think that I went back and for some reason I was watching like old Kansas Memphis highlights uh, from when they played in the championship, and I could not believe how long like Mario Chalmers shorts were. And that's like, <laughs> how do you run in those things? Like they're down, like you know, they almost look like capri pants because they're like mid calf. It's just they're terrible. Brad, how do you defend Arizona? Make him shoot threes. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you have to pack the middle. Um, I think you've got to, you know, use probably mix in a lot of zone and 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 hope that Arizona can't find a Kyle Fogg who can get to the the elbow uh, or you know Miles Simon can get the elbow and yeah, force him to shoot threes um, and take advantage of turnovers. I mean, as as good as he played tonight, Creesa had six turnovers. Hmm. Arizona only had ten, and shockingly, Indiana finished with ten. Uh, wow. After having what eight in the first half, yeah, because it, it felt it yeah, felt, felt like every time in, yeah, yeah, it felt like every time Indiana had a turnover, Arizona scored. Yeah, and, and I think they did. I think they were something like eighteen points off those ten turnovers. Um, but that's what I would do. Yeah, because Arizona's not going to shoot forty percent every night uh, from from three, and if they do, they're going to beat you. Now, also the big advantage in this game for Arizona is they shot twenty five uh, free throws. I think Indiana shut somewhere in the neighborhood of ten to twelve because Indiana keeps pound, uh, because Arizona keeps pounding keeps it inside and pounding it inside puts, with big yeah. strong guys. And that's mm-hmm. the thing we talk about how athletic Tabellus is. Tabellus is still a load. I mean, he's what two thirty uh, six, you know, six eleven two thirty, and um, moves into contact because what he tries to do, he tries to slide off you um, and use those angles. But he he draws contact and he does a very good job absorbing contact and getting the shot off. So when you th- combine that with whatever Balo's listed, I think it's only 250 or 260 now. I think he came in at 290. Um, you know, you hit those guys, and 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 odds are they're still going to get the shot up and draw the foul, and um, it's really tough to defend. And that's again, that's I think what is so unique about Arizona is they're this up tempo team with bigs, and a lot of times when we see up tempo team with bigs in Arizona history, even they're built like Channing Fry. They're built like um, Bramlett, or they're undersized. You know, Ricky Anderson was what a six eight, six nine power forward. This is two basic sub seven footers who get up and down the floor, and that, and when then one of them happens to be a load as well. I mean, that play where Balo got the tip on the lob, the bat, you know, the passes for a guy his size to adjust like that in the air and ridiculously lay the ball athletic up. play. Right. And, but, and, and, and he's ridiculously strong. So he's a very unique player in college basketball. Um, and, and yeah, it just makes Arizona that much tougher. You know, they're not, it's not like Vesar and, and Henderson running the floor, you know, at, at 6'11 and 210 pounds and whatever he is, 6'7. These are two legit big men who happen to also be wildly athletic. 
Okay. I was trying to oh, think ahead, of Ron. who. I'm sorry. I was trying to think of who in Arizona history has Arizona, at least in my estimation, hasn't had a player like Balo ever. At least like that I can think of that that's been that big, that strong, and and that soft-handed as well. Like, this is a guy that you look at that usually is playing in the Big Ten. How is yeah. he different than Aiton? Because Aiton's obviously big. Aiton's obviously strong. Yeah, I think that he's a little bit – he might be bigger than Aiton. Aiton moved better. Aiton can step out and shoot the ball. But I think that he's just – I think the ball is just a, an absolute <laughs> – exactly, a walking refrigerator <laughs> is a great way to put it, Mello. Uh, I, I just don't see a guy that's that big and strong uh, necessarily. You know, that He's almost like Kofi uh, Coburn from Illinois, but just bigger and better than, than the guy that Illinois had for a couple of years. You know, he reminds me – actually, if you, want, if you want, I think, the comparison, I think – you know, the Big Ten has players like that. But I think he reminds me actually of, of, of two Okafors, both Jaleel Okafor, uh, who played for, for Duke, and a little bit of a Mecca Okafor from UConn, who were those big, strong, but yet still athletic guys. And I think, yeah, I don't think there was – I think someone put up uh, Brian Williams. That might be the closest Arizona comparison, but Williams wasn't that strong. I mean, he's probably – you know, Williams was a legit 6'10", but – Balo's a legit seven foot, and then you get him in the two sixty, and then you get a German Shepherd headbutting my camera, and uh, <laughs> and and it feels like uh, you just experienced some sort exactly. of uh, well, Richter scale activity. That that, yeah. that was well done. Yeah, he's the big man of the of the it, four it, dogs it, in the Alice household. Yeah, it was good to you to have a little uh, visual effect there to uh, bring to the equation. <laughs> I thought that was uh, good very Dakota, nice. Stepping up. Also very nice, uh, and we've talked about the uh, tap and bottle watch parties. Uh, Keep ears open uh, for that. Mike's going to keep you updated on when uh, road game watch parties occur at the tap and bottle in Tucson at uh, 6th Avenue. Uh, But uh, Four Peaks is always there, and Four Peaks, good to uh, the PHNX gang. Uh, The folks in Tempe are well aware of Four Peaks as well, and they've got a Christmas special uh, advent calendar box going on now for 55 bucks uh, Four Peaks you can enjoy specialty beers uh, Tall Boys and more and remember uh, to check out the 8th Street Pub in Tempe uh, to purchase that advent calendar and other things related to Four Peaks if you're outside the uh, East Valley uh, obviously you can get Four Peaks at a lot of locations uh, in and around uh, Arizona and your general uh, viewing audience. Also want to let you know about OG's uh, CBD brands. Uh, plenty of flavors out there. So if that's something that can uh, help you get through, OG's is the way to go. And OG's, like all these other sponsors, uh, has uh, stepped up in a good way uh, for the folks in the gang at uh, PHNX. Remember, though, with uh, OG's and CBD, uh, must be 21 plus uh, to enjoy. So be sure to take advantage of that. If uh, guys, as we wrap up, if uh, you know, by the end of the game, you get an 89 75 final, uh, probably a little bit more separation there than the competitive nature of the game actually was. It's probably closer to seven, I guess, if you wanted to average it out a little bit, generally speaking, pleased with Arizona's performance against a good team in Vegas. Go ahead, Rob. Oh, very pleased. Uh, I think anytime you can go up against a, a top 15 opponent um, on what was a neutral floor, but maybe skewed a little bit more towards Indiana fans, anytime you can go there and come away with a win, 
Uh, that's going to be great. Arizona's non-conference resume going into March. And we always joked about this with, you know, our old friend, uh, Ryan Hansen, that it's, you know, too early to talk about March. It's never too early to talk about getting these non-conference wins that when the committee goes and looks at them, those are going to be quality, good wins. This is a very good non-conference schedule that Arizona's played. Uh, they're coming through it on scathes so far. One more hurdle to get over in Tennessee. But yeah, if, it, if Arizona would have won by one point, I would have been happy tonight. Uh, winning by, you know, in the margin that they did tonight, ecstatic. Couldn't couldn't ask for a better a better uh, victory for Arizona tonight. This was a Sweet Sixteen game, is what it really was. Uh, when you factor in where Arizona is probably going to be ranked, where Indiana is going to be ranked, uh, the fact that it was a non-conference or a neutral site, but two fan bases kind of packed the arena. I mean, I think this is a this might be the best of the these kind of prep games because this isn't like playing in Phoenix where it's an Arizona crowd or playing in some of these where there's kind of no one there. I mean, this was, you know, I don't know how close to sellout, but it sounded loud. Uh, again, a lot of Indiana fans, but this could be a two, three matchup in, in, in the second weekend uh, very easily. And, and, I think and what a great Brad, what a great uh, atmosphere there as well. And, and it's nice to see uh, continue. We know this from Arizona. It's good to see Arizona, uh, Indiana do the same when fan bases uh, back their programs. It's uh, it's really a joy to, uh, you know, get that kind of atmosphere. And uh, I think both teams were fortunate in that regard. And I like to add, it's fun seeing a new team. They've never played Indiana. Uh, I was trying to think of other programs they haven't played. And there's not many, um, you know, so the fact that we got a matchup that would never have happened uh, under Luton Bobby Knight because of their utter disdain for each other and wasn't going to happen when Archie and Sean uh, were, were in Tucson. Uh, or in Tucson. In Thank Bloomington. goodness that it didn't happen because the final score would have been two to nothing. <laughs> it would have looked like that Army uh, Navy football game there's, today. There's more. Oh my gosh, just a rock fight. That would have been atrocious. You but, know, uh, we we are remiss to mention that that there's been a lot of talk this week about Arizona and Indiana not facing each other, and those two dynamics that played a role in going into that in addition to, you know, not having, uh, you know, not, not, not matching up in the NCAA tournament is it, it is interesting that in a large portion of the, you know, high level windows of both of these programs that you had two specific reasons uh, that neither team was going to play each other. Yeah. And I also find it I've, I've been racking my brain. Is there another power five team Arizona hasn't played? Um, I'm sure there is, but I can't think of it because of all those weird December games Loot used to play. So I'm like, oh, maybe they haven't played Pitt. No, they went to Pitt. Oh, prop. No, they went to Providence. You know, they've got had a random game at Florida State uh, or you know LSU. So it's really yeah, it's one of those things that the the answer will be more than we think. But your point is still but valid. It's, I, I I can't think of one off the top of my head, uh, and that's fun. You know, I mean. I like playing Tennessee because we hadn't seen Tennessee in years. You know, as much as it's nice to have regional rivalries with UNLV and BYU and Gonzaga and San Diego State, um, it's fun seeing someone new uh, across the court from you. And let's hope they keep doing this. And I think Tommy Lloyd is much from the Gonzaga school, which is really the Lute Olsen school. And there's going to be plenty of these games, uh, you know, whether it's in Maui, whether it's in Vegas, or whether, hey, in Cameron next year, and then back in Tucson the year after that. The Lute Olson uh, will play anybody but New Mexico and Indiana school. That yeah, is pretty much. Uh, or, or as <laughs> sorry, or as Jose states, the the St. Joe's cancellation game that winter. 
Yes. She oh, knows all God. about me running into Philadelphia fans <laughs> the night before my wedding and arguing over that game. <laughs> I certainly do. Uh, all right, guys. Hey, this has been fantastic. Uh, if, uh, you know, situations uh, for themselves, maybe there will be uh, other opportunities uh, for this to play, uh, take place. Thanks, as always, for carrying my uh, old backside and uh, taking part uh, on the PHNX broadcast where uh, we were able to talk about uh, a pretty damn solid and certainly entertaining Arizona W. And uh, I know you guys will be on uh, Mike's broadcasts uh, on a fairly regular basis again. And uh, as always, I hope the fans out there who always participate and help us through this uh, will be uh, chiming in and uh, watching you, Rob, and watching you, Brad, as uh, all of us uh, get together and uh, chat with our pal Mike. Love it. Love to get jumping on with you guys. Miss you both. And hopefully we can do this again on a regular basis. All right, guys. Rock Sounds the holidays. Good. Brad, you do the same, man. Hey, that's it. Uh, thanks for watching uh, the uh, AZ Wildcats uh, postgame broadcast, listening to it as well. This is PHNX.